At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about a lot of different people, but Lawler does not have the stinking guts to come down there where no money is involved, where nothing is involved except personal pride, and I do have Texas pride, believe me. Yeah, there it is. Take this. Okay, I will take it, and I will deliver it to Lawler in there. No money, no fans, he's crying Homer and all that. Well, there's the challenge from Terry Funk to Jerry Lawler. We'll deliver it to him. And we're prepared and we're doing a great job with it. And it will go away, just stay calm. It will go away. We want to protect our shipping industry, our cruise uh, industry, cruise ships. Uh, We want to protect our airline industry, very important. Uh, But everybody has to be vigilant and has to be careful. We'll have to see, you know, if people can gather around and obviously it's sanitary and people can have a good time, then great. You know, if everybody shuts it down, then everyone's in the same boat. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I hear you. So probably Hopefully not because everyone wants to have a good time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Coronavirus Radio. Excuse me, WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston. I'm broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York in the midst of of a pandemic, COVID-19 has taken over the world and the wrestling industry. Just a few days ago, we were all careful and skeptical and cynical. Ah, the idea that WWE or wrestling events would be affected by this flu seemed unlikely. As someone said, this will pass, this will go away. But now here on Friday evening, SmackDown is about to be taped at the Performance Center in front of no fans. The NBA season has been suspended. The NHL season has been suspended. Major League Baseball spring, spring training has been suspended. Opening day has been postponed. The XFL has even been uh, suspended. There we are. NCAA tournaments canceled. Major League Soccer suspended. PGA Tour suspended. Well, one suspended. Soccer in Europe suspended. With this helpful graph from the New York Times uh, locally, I've got uh, my local Wegmans just uh, 
toilet paper flying off the shelves. No one knows why, but it's gone. Not far from Buffalo, we have uh, someone in Monroe County, which is the county where Rochester, New York is. Uh, someone has coronavirus. And uh, All Elite Wrestling was supposed to do a episode of Dynamite next weekend. That is postponed indefinitely. But the question on everyone's mind, what will happen with WrestleMania? According to the Tampa Bay Times here, they came out with an article yesterday afternoon saying WrestleMania 20, uh, 36 is not a coronavirus casualty, at least not yet. The Hillsborough County, that's the county where Tampa Bay is located. The policy group, including the sheriff, the county administrator, they decided on Thursday not to call off the annual sports entertainment spectacle set for April 5th at Raymond James Stadium. But the group could reconsider based on how the virus progresses or dissipates in a week. That group of officials approved a seven-day local state of emergency in Hillsborough County, but that doesn't affect WrestleMania. Of course, that's WrestleMania is happening on April 5th, and the decision falls Governor Ron DeSantis' recommendation that cities and counties should postpone or cancel any mass gatherings over the next 30 days. So that does include WrestleMania. If a mass gathering is not canceled, event organizers should have screening measures in place to prevent people who have been exposed to the virus from entering, he said. So the city says... They'll reassess it. The governor says you should probably cancel anything that's happening within 30 days. This led to uh, WWE later in the day putting out its own press release about its, its statement on the potential impact of COVID-19. The press release reads, Today, WWE communicated perspective regarding the potential impact of COVID-19 on the company's financial performance. Don't worry, WWE said. WWE has substantial financial resources, both available cash and debt capacity, which currently total more than $0.5 billion to manage the challenges ahead. So $0.5 billion, or as some people call it, $500 million. This reminds me of a time in, as it turns out, July 2015, when what, just when WWE surpassed the, uh, the half billion mark for social media touch points, social media followers. They put out a press release celebrating the moment in Visic Man, I think on the following conference call, said it was $500 million, but the promoter in me wants to say, Half a billion. So they have a total of a half a billion in cash and debt capacity to manage the challenges ahead. The fundamentals of the company's business remain strong, reflecting the passion of WWE's fans and the quality of its content. Management continues to believe the company is well positioned to take full advantage of the changing media landscape and increase value of live sports rights over the longer term. The health and safety of WWE fans, performers, and employees are the company's top priorities, and management is monitoring the situation closely domestically and internationally. And that's especially important to note that uh, WWE has some European dates coming up in May. Uh, the, the potential impact of COVID-19 and corresponding changes in the way WWE operates may adversely impact the company's business, including but not limited to its live event ticket sales and the sale of merchandise at those events. It should be noted that the company may be directly, excuse me, it should be noted that the company may be directed to cancel, postpone, or relocate certain upcoming events and the number of these changes is unknown at this time. The company is currently unable to quantify the potential financial impact of COVID-19, but the financial impact of the company may be material. Accordingly, the company is withdrawing its previously announced first quarter and full year 2020 guidance due to the increased uncertainty of the financial impact of COVID-19 to the company. So what does all that mean? So W is referring to here, the company is withdrawing its previously announced first quarter and full year 2020 guidance due to the increased uncertainty of the financial impact of COVID-19. So what are they referring to there? The first quarter and full year guidance. So they're referring to the what they said in the press release, these uh, last earnings release, which they put out with their last uh, earnings report. 
the, they gave first quarter 2020 business outlook where, they, where it says the company estimates first quarter 2020 adjusted OEBDA of 60 to $65 million. Now adjusted OEBDA is a profit metric that, that the WB prefers. It is, is its preferred non-GAAP way of measuring profit. Basically, they get to factor out things that they don't want to consider when they tell you what their profit is. Uh, and, and OEBDA stands for Operating Income Before Depreciation and Amortization. So OEBDA itself is a, I believe is a, is a GAAP measure, but they prefer adjusted OEBDA which I think factors out things like uh, stock compensation uh, and other things they don't like to compare quarter over quarter, which actually, where where is it now that I've rambled about it for a moment? The company presents adjusted OEBDA as its primary measure of performance. The company defines adjusted OEBDA as operating income excluding, excluding depreciation and amortization, stock compensation expense, certain impairment charges, I don't know what that means, and other non-recurring material items that would otherwise impact the comparability of results between periods. Just we would increase amortization and depreciation expenses directly related to the company's revenue generating, including, okay. The company believes the presentation of adjusted weed is relevant and useful for investors because it allows them to view the company's segment performance in the same manner as the primary method by used by management to evaluate segment performance and to make decisions regarding the allocation of resources. Additionally, the company believes adjusted weed is a primary measure used by media investors, analysts, and peers for comparative purposes. Uh, I, I have discussed uh, adjusted weed with, with some people who, uh, professionally try to analyze stocks and, and they think this is kind of wacky, but maybe there are others out there who think this is, this is normal. But I, I, I do think this is something that, that does happen with other companies. It's not as if WB is the only one that does this. And because they're a wrestling company, they're special carnies. Now there, there are others that do this, but I, I prefer to look at operating income and the income, which WB also reports, but just doesn't highlight as much. Anyway, that's what they, they give guidance on. Adjusted we to 60 to 65 million for Q1. Q1 refers to January 1st to March 31st. All right. And uh, let's see here. So that's what we know about Q1. And then they give some full year 2020 business outlook. In 2020, the company believes the escalation of rights fees will provide contractual revenue growth of approximately $185 million. So what I take that to mean is we drag over this Excel spreadsheet. Oh my goodness. We, there it is. And uh, W's core content rights fees which have been growing year over year and grew uh, more in 2019, will grow even more in 2020. That, of course, is largely related to new deals going into effect from NBC Universal for Raw and Fox for SmackDown at the rate of 3.6x. That's their U.S. deal. Uh, they also got a modest, well, a 1.8x increase from India. That should, I, I would imagine, is going into effect immediately because that deal ended at the end of the year and. We continue to air on its uh, on Ten Sports, I think it is on the on the Sony channel in uh, in India, and the UK deal may be coming in at a small downgrade. But anyway, this this is the expectation from my reading of that press release is that uh, they are estimating uh, 534 million dollars in core content rights fees there, which is a substantial increase from the prior year. I don't think that they're saying that this is changing now uh, because of, you know, based on that press release from yesterday. These are, I believe, this is guaranteed money. And uh, W will probably deliver some kind of content, uh, even, you know, if they can't run live events, even if they have to run empty arena events or they have to uh, deliver some sort of content that's non-event, non-live event content. I think they'll be okay, with, at least with this section of their business here. I believe this is... As they say, guaranteed escalating TV rights fees. And I think these are guaranteed. So that's 185 million increase in that section of their business. 
they also say in here, yada, yada, uh, the company will achieve 2020 adjusted EBITDA of 250 to $300 million. And I do think that is uh, what they're withdrawing there. Now, they went on to say in this paragraph, management uh, believes it has the potential to exceed this range, but is unable to provide additional guidance at that time. And I believe what's, what's in that black box of a sentence is uh, W believes it could potentially exceed that range if it, if it manages to finalize a very lucrative pay-per-view rights deal, which was which Vince McMahon sort of gave some hint that maybe they would that they would maybe even complete by the end of Q1 to possibly take uh, pay-per-views off of the network and onto a major streaming services service. So again, this 250 to 300 million adjusted leave to guidance, I think they're withdrawing that. Uh, and I believe they're withdrawing the 60 to 65 million dollars in adjusted leave to guidance for Q1. So you can expect lower profits than they predicted there to put this in some sort of context. Here's another graph. Here's a column graph. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Ignore this revenue thing. That's wrong. Okay, but this is correct. Uh, w uh, total adjusted EBITDA by quarter. This is what they projected. I just took the the median of sixty to sixty five and made it sixty two point five. Uh, a, a substantial increase from the prior Q one of twelve point four, and from the Q one of twenty eighteen of thirty five two and of twenty seventeen of twenty five two. So you can bet that that's going to be lower. Um, why? Well, let's go back to the W press release here, which is over here where they say uh, may adversely impact the company's business, including but not limited to its live event, ticket sales, the sale of merchandise at those events. And W may have to cancel, postpone, relocate upcoming events. They don't mention WrestleMania here. They don't want to get into it. Uh, w also put out a statement about WrestleMania itself. This is where, uh, I think among others, ESPN had it. Uh, while we remain committed to hosting WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday, April 5th, we are putting contingency plans in place in the event that it is canceled by government officials, civil authorities, and or local venues. The statement read, the health and safety of our fans, performers, and employees are our top priorities, and we are monitoring this situation closely with our partners and government officials in Tampa Bay. So W doesn't want to be the one to cancel here, and they've got a few weeks, a couple weeks maybe before they really have to make a decision, I suppose. There's some speculation that uh, the you know, officials in Tampa and WWE are trying to pass the book off to each other. Nobody wants to be the one that makes the decision. Maybe it's, it's even possible that maybe WWE has some sort of insurance that they can't make as as much of a claim on if, uh, if they voluntarily cancel it and would prefer to be forced to cancel it by a government official by government officials, civilian authorities, and or local venues. So but let's entertain the prospect of if WWE is, if WrestleMania is canceled, what would that cost WWE in, in their business? I think in, the, in the, the luckiest scenario is that I think WrestleMania, I think WrestleMania will be postponed probably to, uh, to June or July, and it'll ta take place probably still in Tampa. Maybe if uh, if this relationship is going sour with 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 Tampa officials, maybe it'll take place somewhere else. But I, th I think there will be a WrestleMania that takes place in the summer, and business wise, it probably won't be as big of a deal. And that that of course is going to hurt a lot of the independent companies and wrestlers who are, you know, relying on WrestleMania weekend to be a big week of business for them. And and, and by the way, I think with the exception of WXW at that as of this moment, I don't know that that any um, independent wrestling shows that are running in Tampa uh, that week have announced that they are canceling. And at the very least, I think they're waiting for to see whether WWE is really going to cancel or postpone WrestleMania or not before making any moves. Obviously, they're, they're all kind of, you know, going through the path that uh, WrestleMania is, is blazing here. So let's think about the amount of money that we lost or is at risk here. 
of not running WrestleMania. And WrestleMania is not the only event at risk. Obviously, WWE was supposed to run a a SmackDown tonight in uh, Detroit, Michigan. That's been canceled and relocated to the Performance Center in Orlando. I imagine WWE events for a while are going to be canceled. Uh, Non-televised house shows don't make that much money for them. TV does. Uh, Those tickets, of course, sell better. I'm just going to pull up some information about WWE's uh, live event finances here. As we can see, the operating income on live events... Uh, for many quarters recently, it has not been a positive number. Uh, negative a million for the last quarter of 2019. Lost money the quarter before that. Made money in Q2, which contained WrestleMania for all four of the last uh, all, all all four of the last years, and uh, lost a little bit of money in Q1 of 2019. So I I think it's quite likely that WWE is barely making any money on on house shows. Probably making decent money on Raw and SmackDown tapings and definitely making money on pay-per-view events just because those have higher attendances and and probably higher ticket prices. Definitely in the case of pay-per-views, higher ticket prices. So there will be events other than WrestleMania that are taken off the board here. But uh, And let's take a look at vending merchandise, which is down here in these tabs here. Uh, let's see. So vending merchandise in 2019 made them just about $19 million in the most recent quarter made them $3.2 million. Uh, that, that number has been declining uh, very much correlated to attendance. So let's just do a rough en- estimate here. Let's say they lose uh, on, on Q1. Let's say about a third of the month, even though it's a little less than that at this point. Now let, let's go with a quarter. Uh, let's let's take the median of 3.2 and 4.8 here, which is four exactly. Let's take a quarter of that. That's one. So let's say right there, that's a million dollars in venue merch gone. And let's go back to, and that's just revenue. We have no idea what the profit margin is on that. And let's take a look at the revenue for uh, Q4 27 for the Q1 of 2019, 26. So let's just say they repeat the business. They would have, without coronavirus, they would repeat the business of 2019. Let's say $26 million. And let's take a quarter of that. And that comes out to 6.5 million. So before we even think about mania, uh, it looks like we're looking at maybe as much as $7.5 million in revenue at risk. And I don't know why I just added that to that number. That doesn't make any, any sense. Anyway, so at, at maybe at most seven or $8 million for Q1. And to put that in some sort of context, what does that really mean for WWE? How big of a piece is that? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so let's just, uh, let's take this Q1 number off because that number is incorrect. Ignore that. So if we look at uh, W's total revenue for the entire company uh, across quarters here, uh, did a lot of money last year because of the, the first quarter with new TV rights fees coming in, uh, $323 million. This quarter, though, also included a Saudi Arabia event. So that was worth probably about $50 million and no Saudi event here in Q1. So just to do a rough estimate here, if we take, uh, if we imagine three, two, three, minus no Saudi Arabia event, you've got about that much money. Otherwise, uh, the, with that being uh, two, $273 million. So seven divided by 273 is something like 3% of the revenue for the quarter, not a massive hit, at least when it comes to Q1. We haven't talked about WrestleMania yet though. So let's try to figure that out. And, and and this could vary well. We're we're only in the middle of March here, and this, it may take a couple of months maybe for coronavirus to uh, be contained. You know, so this is probably an issue that's going to spill over into Q2. 
maybe through half of Q2, maybe through all of Q2, who knows? So I won't try to figure all that out, but we can figure out how, how much money WrestleMania brings in for them. Hello, everybody, and speaking of numbers, on average, if you were to guess, how many days do you think people in the U.S. wait to see a doctor with our healthcare system? What would you say? Americans have to wait about 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. That's why I'm supporting Medicare for all. I mean, if, I'm sorry. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman, not Roman Reigns, but Roman, have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you free with two-day shipping. You can also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to roman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So so the biggest piece by far will be the ticket sales. So as it relates to WWE in Tampa in early April, there are five events. You just pull this over here. You can look at the Ticketmaster website. And you've got Hall of Fame on Thursday, SmackDown on Friday, TakeOver on Saturday. WrestleMania itself on Sunday. I don't know why it's it's not here. It's not because it's been canceled. It's probably right here. For whatever reason, it didn't come up when I did that search. Yeah, so it's still here on the, t- on the Ticketmaster website. So, yes, yeah, so, uh, again, Hall of Fame, SmackDown, uh, NXT TakeOver, WrestleMania itself, and Raw. Uh, and again, for a, a quick and easy estimate, I'm just going to guess that all of these would, would produce something around a million-dollar gate. So that's $4 million right there in ticket revenue. And don't worry, we're not forgetting venue merch. And we've got to, got to figure out an estimate for what WWE would draw as a as a uh, live event gate. So to get some idea of that, I'll pull over this Google Sheet, which uh, you can find the link to on WrestleNomics.com, actually. So this is a uh, oh, this is this, the spreadsheet that I've been using for the last uh, several years to figure out what the, uh, what the, uh, the paid attendance was for WrestleMania. And uh, the, the gate is not really something that we have to figure out. It's something that is just stated in a press release. So last year's WrestleMania did a $16.9 million gate. The year before that did a $14.1 million gate. The year before that did a $14.5 million gate. So I think it's somewhere in that range. Um, I would imagine the average ticket price is going to be somewhere around $225 to $250, maybe even maybe $275 since uh, the average ticket price for WrestleMania is growing every year so we need to get some idea you figure out wrestlemania probably sells out with no coronavirus uh, but how big is raymond james stadium and what would, be, would it be configured for and how many of those seats would actually end up being paid for and looking up the, the stadium capacity for each of these venues is not super helpful in fact but we'll, uh, we'll go through just to show you how unhelpful they are um so superdome the capacity this is probably for football of seventy four thousand. And then we put about 60,000 paid in there. And then if we look at, let's see, Camping World Stadium, and that has a capacity probably, again, for football of 65,000. And we put about 65,000 paid in there. So a, a, a big discrepancy there as far as what the capacity is for football and what the WWE paid attendance was. 
And if we look at MetLife Stadium, that's where last year's WrestleMania was in 82,500 capacity. And WWE looks like they put about 63,000 in there paid. So, and then that, that's a big margin, right? So Raymond James Stadium uh, for football, 65,890. Let's see. Yeah, right about that range. You got another number here down here, very close to that. Okay. So, you know, we're just doing a rough estimate here. So let's say we got, we got about 66,000, 65,000 here. That's very similar to what Orlando, is it similar to what Orlando was? It is, right? So where's Orlando? Camping World Stadium, yeah. So let's say uh, 65,000 paid at an average ticket price. So let's go with last year's average ticket price of 268. And let's pull out the calculator here. Let's do about 65,000. I think this is going to be on the aggressive side, but uh, a live gate of 17.5. 4 million that would be rivaling that would be breaking the all-time record so i think that's that's aggressive uh all right let's go with the superdomes uh 60,000 let's go with 60,000 straight times 268 16 million that seems more reasonable uh, I, I don't think the uh we were about to set a all-time pro wrestling gate record uh but who knows so about 16 million let's say in ticket sales plus the four events uh, at the arena. So we're gonna estimate a million dollars each for those. So we're gonna add $4 million to that. And we get $20 million here. Now we need to take a guess at venue merch here. So we go back to the big spreadsheet and find the venue merch tab. Scrolling over and where is it? Oh, we went too far. Okay, so we look at the venue merch tab and I wanna get an idea of what WrestleMania quarters do compared to others. So we can see here in Q2, which contains WrestleMania for all four years that we're looking at here. And so last year it does 7.1. The other quarters do 3.2, 3.5, 4.8. Okay. So we take the average. Can I figure out what the average of that is? Let's see. The average of that, of the, of the non-WrestleMania quarters, is 3.8. So that's a difference of $3.3 million. Okay, 3.3. Let's, let's look at the year before that to see if, that, if that's not an anomaly. So we average the non-WrestleMania quarters of 2018. You get an average of 4.6 uh, compared to 7.8. And that's a difference of $3.2 million. So a very similar number. We'll go with uh, 3.3 million. So remember for the the live, those total live gates of WrestleMania and the four arena events, we got 20 million. So we add $3.3 million to that. We're getting up to $23 million. Okay. So those are the two pieces of business that we mentioned in the press release, live event ticket sales and merchandise sold at the venues. We also need to consider in the event that WrestleMania is postponed or canceled, that a surge of WWE Network subscribers that comes right before WrestleMania is not gonna happen. So we have to get an idea of what's the value of that. And if we look into the WWE Network stuff that I've got here, I've got WWE Network revenue broken down by quarter. Of course, WWE reports the WWE Network segment and includes all the WWE Network subscriber money in in with whatever remaining pay-per-view money there is left. But that kind of makes sense because you won't, wouldn't be getting an increase in whatever uh, pay-per-view business that's left that's, that's associated with WrestleMania because WrestleMania is a, is a peak event. So again, we want to consider sort of what the average difference is in Q2 uh, versus the other quarters of the year. You know, I of course would not try to do this comparison when assessing the value of any other pay-per-view, but I think it's somewhat fair to do this because, in this case because WrestleMania is the by far peak event. And it is the single piece of content more than any other piece of content that drives business to the W network. And actually, come to think of it, I have uh, done a, a separate spreadsheet here 
to think about this question. So we're looking at here, this is, so this is revenue here, highlighted revenue, we will call it. And this upper table is addressing subscribers. So I've taken, okay, let's just straighten that out. Okay, okay. so I've taken the uh, subscribers for the, the Q4 of the prior year and uh, try to get an idea of what the subscribers would be uh, without WrestleMania. So you take the Q4 uh, and ending subscribers and you look at what the WrestleMania number was and it, it's usually been doing somewhere between 18% or actually between 16% and 23%, which accounts for a change of an increase of somewhere between 239,000 subscribers and 337,000 subscribers. And again, that, that is the period between the end of the year and the day after WrestleMania. And you can see that illustrated here in this chart, which has a generic title, which we will delete now. So, so the question to consider now is what, what are Q2 average subs without WrestleMania? And I don't know that this is actually the best way to, to, to calculate this, but maybe better to just look at network subscribers in general here. Um, all right, so let's look at the network, the projection for Q2, Q1, which they did give uh, at the end, in the last quarterly report is, is in this other tab. It is 1.47 million subscribers. So let's just add that in here to wipe that out because I don't think we need that anymore. And we'll add in here 2020, and that estimate is, let's see, 1,470,000 subscribers. And as you can see in this table, Q2 is always, right? Yes, is always an increase because Q2 contains WrestleMania, and in, in 2015, WrestleMania was actually in Q1, but the service was so new that it increased anyway. And not, not to mention the fact that, that WrestleMania is happening at the end of Q1, so a lot of those subscribers are good for at least 30 days, and they subscribed at the end of the quarter, so you know they, their subscriptions went on into Q2, and theoretically, uh, they did not cancel, many of them anyway, until, until the numbers... Uh, to go down slightly in Q3. So I've, I've got to think that this number that they projected in Q1 is based partly on uh, the increased interest because we usually do see from Q4 of the prior year to Q1. Now we actually did see average subs about flat last year. Let's see over here, they did, did go up in 2018 in Q1. This is quarter over quarter. And over here from the end of 2016 to the first quarter of 2017, they do go up. I don't know, I, I think though anyway, that uh, maybe uh, there, there's less retention or more churn uh, and less adoption just because you know that WrestleMania isn't happening. So I think part of what's being factored into this projection is the expectation of a lot of customers that you know, who, who do sign up in March or February or January or you know, with the idea that they're going to get WrestleMania soon. So might as well sign up now. The Royal Rumble did happen with a, you know, no thought in mind that there wouldn't be a WrestleMania for some reason. So let's say this number, it turns out to be flat. So let's just sort of subjectively punch that number in the same number for Q4. Okay, now to try to estimate the, the actual revenue related to this number of subscribers, I've got another table down here where I'm calculating the average revenue uh, per subscriber. So I'm going to add a 2020 line to this and I don't know of any price point changes in any markets. So I think it's fair to let's take the average of all four quarters here of, of 2019, which comes out to $29 and 66 cents. Remember this is three months here. So we'll take that number 
we'll try to process a, a revenue estimate here. Of course, the, the, the problem here is that this includes uh, pay-per-view money. But at this point, let's uh, let's hope that pay-per-view, uh, the conversion of people using pay-per-view to the network has stabilized or has become so small as to be more or less, uh, as, as George Barris would say, de minimis. That means it doesn't matter that much. So now we take this $29.66 and we multiply it by this number uh, times 1000 here and we get let's see okay and there and there we go after editing for all the times that i uh put the formula in wrong because of all the abbreviated numbers we've got here so we end up with and uh, let's see if i can if i can format paint that there we go so we end up with 42 million dollars for q1 that's not the end of the, the problem yet because we've got to get to q2 here and isn't this number higher in q2 yeah that must be related to pay-per-view so let's go with the same number as the prior year that is for Q2. Again, this is, what do we call this? Network plus pay-per-view revenue, revenue per paid sub. So $30.69. And we've got to come up with a idea of what what subs would be without mania. Let's say, they're ex they're, would they be exactly the same? Because you would think, now you've got a quarter that doesn't contain Royal Rumble as well as a quarter that doesn't contain WrestleMania. So they could be down from Q1. Unless WrestleMania happens in Q2, which is April, May, June. If WrestleMania happened in June, you save this number. So that's a big question. And I bet that's why they didn't mention anything about network subs in that press release because they figured, well, maybe we can get it in June. And that's a good question. But for the sake of imagining what the value of WrestleMania is, for the sake of this exercise, let's imagine WrestleMania is canceled outright and there is no WrestleMania. That's not what I think is going to happen. But let's imagine for the sake of exercise. And I think you've got a number that is slightly smaller than this number. Let's say it's 95% of the Q1 number. So we take 95% and multiply it by that number. And we get a number with decimals that I have to eliminate. Oh my God. Okay, let's fix the form. There we go. So, so now if we just extrapolate this out, we get $41 million there. Whereas with WrestleMania, let's see here, with WrestleMania, I figure you get an, in, an increase of around uh, 264,000 extra subscribers throughout the quarter on average, and you get a number of 1,653,000 subscribers. So this is becoming a lot to put in my brain here, so I'm going to get a notepad out, and I'm going to go back to the other sheet and remember that we got $41.4 million there. So I'm going to take that, put it in here, so I remember that, and we need to replace this number with a different estimate, which is going to be this number. So we're going to copy 1653, okay, paste it in there, bang. So we have the difference is $50.7 million if you do do WrestleMania. And that comes out to, okay, so we're just going to subtract those two numbers from each other. So we take, okay, take the calculator back out here. And remember, we've got uh, this, this much money for WrestleMania. Otherwise, over $23 million there. Write that down too, so I don't forget it. And we take 50 minus 41, 4, and that's a network value of $9 million. Okay, so we just write that down quickly as well, that the network for uh, Mania, Mania provides about $9.3 million estimated in value to the network. And we add that uh, back to the other, let's see, 23 million 380, and we get a grand total. <laughs> Okay, let's try that again. 23, there we go, plus $9.3 million. And we get a grand total. So this is not what I estimated earlier on Twitter, but that's okay. So we got 32 million, 
almost $33 million there. So there we have it. What does WrestleMania generate at this point for WWE in a world where there is no more traditional pay-per-view, at least for now? Uh, $32 million, $680,000. So now again, for some perspective, what does that mean in the larger picture of WWE? In terms of their total finances, uh, Q2 of last year did 269 million. You know, that number is going to be even higher in 2020 because of the increase in TV rights fees. And I bet we get another Saudi Arabia event uh, in, in this quarter as well. And in fact, you can you can tell in recent history which quarters are the ones that have Saudi Arabia events in them because they are the, the highest quarters in the last couple of years here. Q2 as well will probably have another Saudi Arabia event in it. In fact. That'll probably be worth more than $33 million. So yeah, at this point, a single Saudi Arabia event is worth more than WrestleMania, even when you factor in the, the value that WrestleMania provides to uh, to the network, even when you, when you factor in the four arena events that run adjacent to WrestleMania, and even when you factor in the Venny merchandise. A good question is, though, I don't know how access is counted, whether that registers, whether that's a few million or not. Anyway, I don't, I don't think it changes the, uh, the estimate much in terms of percent. So there you have it, there's the number. You tell your friends that WrestleMania is worth $33 million at WWE, roughly, within, I don't know, 5%, I guess. Uh, but it's less than what they get from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for a single event, which is about $15 million. And that's a, that's a good chunk of, of WWE's revenue. Uh, but overall, WWE will be okay. WWE does say it does have $500 million, or as the promoter and Vince wants to say, half a billion. They'll be okay. They have a lot of cash and debt reserves. Uh, I think their TV money is guaranteed regardless. So uh, hopefully soon everything gets back to normal in the wrestling world and in life. And we'll talk more about WrestleMomics next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.